Then came Grendel, stalking from the moors among the misty hill slopes, and he bore God's anger. And the wicked scather of humankind fully intended to ensnare a certain one in the high hall. So he wended his way under the welkin, to where he knew the best of wine halls, the gold hall of man, was adorned with gold plating. Nor was that the first time that he had sought out the home of Rothgar, nor ever in former or later days did he find a harder welcome from the Hall of Thanes. Then the creature, bereft of all joy, came to the great hall, and the door, strongly bound with firebands, soon sprang open at his touch. And the evil-minded one, in his fury, burst open the doors of the palace, and soon after this, the enemy, angry in his mind, was treading over the doomed floor and a fearsome light streamed forth from his eyes likest to a flame. And he could see many a warrior in that palace, a troop of peace lovers asleep together, a company of kinsmen, and he laughed aloud. Then the terrible monster fully intended to cut off from life every one of them there, for he was expecting abundance of meat. But that fate was not his fate. His fate was that he should lay hold of no more of humankind after that night. Then did Beowulf, kinsman of Haelok, see the dire distress, how the wicked scather would fare with sudden grip. Nor did the monster think to delay, but immediately he laid hold of a sleeping warrior and tore him to pieces all unawares, and bit at the flesh and drank the streaming blood and devoured huge pieces of his flesh. And soon he had eaten up both feet and hands of the man he had killed. Then he stepped up to the great-hearted warrior, Beowulf, where he lay on the bed, and took him in his hands. But Beowulf reached out his hand against the enemy, and quickly received him with hostile intent, and sat upon the arm of the beast. The keeper of crime soon was finding that he had never met in all the quarters of all the earth amongst other men a greater hand grip. And in mind and heart, Grendel was fearful and eager to be gone and to flee away into the darkness to seek the troop of devils. But that was not his fate, as it had been in the days of yore. Then the good kinsman of Heloch remembered the evening talk and stood upright and laid hold upon him. His fingers burst. The giant was going forth, but the earl stepped after. The famous one intended to escape more widely howsoever he might, and to flee on his way thence to the sloping hollows of the fens. But that journey which the scather had taken to Heorot was sorrowful indeed. The lordly hall resounded, and great terror there was to all the Danes, the castle dwellers, to each of the brave, and both the mighty guardians were fiercely angry. Then was it great wonder that the wine hall withstood the bold fighters, and that it fell not to the earth but very firm it was standing, cunningly shaped by craft of the smith, within and without. Then on the floor was many a mead bench, as I have heard tell, decked out with gold, where the fierce ones were striving. Nor did the wise Danes formally suppose that any man could break down a hall so noble and decorated with antlers, or cunningly destroy it, unless the bosom of flame swallowed it up in smoke. The roaring continued, and an awful terror came to the North Danes, to each one of those who heard weeping from the ramparts, the enemy of God singing a fierce song, a song that was empty of victory, 
and the captive of hell lamenting his sorrow. For he that was strongest of men in strength held him fast on the day of his life. 